podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sissoko finally waited. Erickson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier. Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, Minson breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Here Minson from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Touchline Hotspur, uh, part of Touchline Media Group. Uh, I'm Sai, I'll be your host for today. And today we've got with us, we've got Tops. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, bro. Um, it's also my birthday today, so yeah. Uh, so show me some love today, guys, man. <laughs> Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear you mention that on the little pre-discussion there. So you kept yeah. that quiet just so he said happy birthday on the recording. Happy birthday. Safe, 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 safe. Happy birthday. We've also got Owen with us today. Welcome. And yeah. Thank you, you for you the introduction. Good Lord today, please. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Toby with us today. How's it Yo, yo, yo. It's good to be here. Happy birthday, Tops. Hey, Hopefully. bro. Hopefully it's going to be a good episode. And last but not least of our regular cast is Ohio. All on you, man. What are you saying? What are you saying? Very good, bro. Very good. Just quickly, Tops. Uh, which passport are we going off for the age for this year? <laughs> <laughs> bro, right now it's got to be the English because that Nigerian is expired, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Big free two today. Big free two today, man. So today we've got a special guest with us. Um, guest is a little bit of a funny way to describe it. I'd say uh, opposition. 
we've got Dan Lawless today from West Ham Fan TV. How's it going, fella? Yes, mate. All good. I'm here behind enemy lines today. I've <laughs> <laughs> got security. <laughs> You're above the bo- bottom half of the table today. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. West Ham done it just because they in preparation of me being on this podcast. So you guys couldn't banter me. You're so lucky. You're so lucky you got went on this run before this pod because otherwise it would have been a massacre today. It still might be a massacre too. Nah, because I tell you what, this is the thing, right? If if we weren't on this run and we was doing poorly, I'd still be on it with my chest out because that's usually when we do well against you guys. <laughs> true, 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 true. So it almost makes me nervous that we ate, that we are on a run, to be honest. But mm. um, yeah, we'll get into more of that, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, uh, we're we're coming into uh, the next round of Premier League games, so week five of the Premier League, um, going into Spurs versus West Ham, um, coming off the international break. Uh, so obviously England have been involved. I think it's been three games over the break that they've played. Um, did anyone tune in to the internationals? I know I usually boycott um and spend some time with my family instead of tuning into football. But has anyone else uh, been keeping up to date? And I've I've decided that yeah. I must have some kind of spiritual bondage with England because I saw three centre backs, two DMs, and I still watch. Like, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I just I looked at the line. I was like, I'm not watching it. And then I was so I was playing Football Manager whilst watching it. But I know, like, I didn't, I didn't process for time because I was just getting so annoyed watching England. So, yeah, man. Oh fuck that waistcoat guy, bro. Oh, <laughs> I know, man. It's just it's, it's, it's hilarious that everyone calls him waistcoat. <laughs> I think that's so. Funny. Oh man, it's it's, sti- it's sticky, man. It's just like, when did watching England become so uninspiring? Like, you know, Come on, we're actually like lu- we're actually lucky that like, right now we've we've got like a group of talented players. And still, somehow, this guy is manage, managing to botch every ounce of hope and trust that people have in that England team. And it's just—it's not even worth watching, man. Like, I can tell—I can say personally, Wales. I went out for dinner. Um, I was working and I was looking at it on my phone against Belgium and in the game against Denmark. I didn't even—I didn't even remember it was on. And then when I got home, I was like, "Raw England lost." So for me, it was like a non-entity this week thinking about England to be honest with you I was just hoping that I wouldn't hear any information about any of our guys getting getting botched for the West Ham game but be, be honest though I want you to all be super super honest how many of you jumped on the bandwagon after the World Cup for Southgate because I I can say hand on heart I didn't I was critical but so many people were jumping on that Southgate bandwagon there must be some of you that were like yeah like look our boy Kane he's got his MVE he's got his OBE and like all of this and I'm gonna yes be... we're gonna do things youth generation I want to be so real here, yeah, because I used to catch so much flames in the group chat, like a different one for over summer, yeah, because I was like, you man, listen, we struggled to beat Tunisia. Everyone got happy that we popped Panama, which is just a holiday destination, I think, depending <laughs> if your flag was missing or not. And then what? Wow. Colombia, we waited for pens. And then the, we played half decent against Sweden, like the, at best. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to lie, you, don't, you know the whole it's coming home thing? The only time I said it, it's coming home seriously was when Trippier bopped it free top bins. At that moment, I was like, oh, you know what, yeah? Maybe in it. But <laughs> I, I believe, said, I believe. I believe. But then Manzukic just just made everyone remember Wagwan. And then I took another step back. I was like, 
and I've been right this whole time that we've actually been asked. Like Henderson playing on a lone island by himself in midfield, like Lingard looking half decent. I was like, this this is all a farce. And I was catching catches. I was like, Harry Kane's got the worst World Cup golden boot in this year. My guy. <laughs> Thank That's our guy. The, the worst goal was nasty. Very, very nasty. Disgusting. <laughs> and I, got, so I got caned for it in the group chat. No pun intended. And then recently, I love a receipt on WhatsApp. In it. I've been, I'll search bare keywords like cane and waistcoat and South. <laughs> like, you man, I told you. <laughs> like, you man, I told you. <laughs> you know what is, you know what is with him? I, I agree that the World Cup run was favourable. And um, me personally, I'm not even like an avid England supporter. Like my first, my first team to support is Nigeria. Like I only like, I only enjoy watching England because of the affinity with Spurs players. And because I actually like a lot of the English players that are coming through now and the English players in the past. But I don't, I can't actually say like, I feel a type of way when England win or lose. Like I'm indifferent to it all. But Southgate, whether you say yeah, lucky run, this is that and the other, they got to the semi-finals. So for whatever reason, they got to the semi-finals in the World Cup. You can't just dismiss that. So for me, that gave that gave him some time to actually build on that. Cause I know they played like Spain a couple months back, and it was a really impressive performance in the first half, certainly. Like they were free and up coast, and obviously Spain came back into it. So you saw signs that maybe, just maybe he could get this England team playing in absence of him being the the best sort of tactically tactically astute coach or whatnot. But what I've seen over the past year certainly has been horrific. And I think that grace period he had because of the World Cup performance is completely gone now. Like there is no excuse for the way England play now with the, with the plethora of talent they got. Like they've got so many ballers, so many ballers in the team now. Like that's not something that you say, <laughs> ballers and English players, it's not something that you say regularly. Like it, it, it normally is an oxymoron, but it's not an oxymoron anymore because you actually have ballers in the team. And yet it actually looks, every time you watch England, like you're watching a Sunday league team. It's horrible, absolutely horrible. And for that reason, he has to go. He was never a good manager in the first place, but he earned that grace period because of the performance. And what we're seeing now is just not good enough. It's, it's, it's a weird one for me um, to go back to the question of who, who got excited. It was less Southgate himself and more so to do with the sort of philosophy that they were trying to usher in. Uh, I think just before he got hired, they had released a brochure to like every level of football, so through grassroots roots upwards. And they basically spoke about what the, what the sort of uh, mind state was going to be getting kids into the England squad moving forward and by and large, they have they have achieved it. I think everyone everyone sort of knows that they're trying to play a bit more of a tactical game, a bit more of a continental style. Is very much about slower build up, building from the back, all of those things. So there were a lot of components of it that in the World Cup run, especially, and at, at points still since this run has gotten a little bit stale, where I've I've sat back and I've said, oh, actually, like there is something to build on here. Um, the only problem with it is, is we're not we're not really setting the world alight. The attacking players don't really look like they're free. Uh, the defensive performances have been a bit lacklustre. Um, I think Maguire is an absolute embarrassment. Um, but yeah, by and by and large, by and large, initial signs were positive. But yeah, it's fallen off a bit of a cliff now. 
for 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 you guys, uh, I think Dan in particular, as as a West Ham fan, England is your second team. So, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> they claim it. They love to claim it. Only because we won the World Cup. That's the only reason. That's the only whatever, reason. Whatever the reason is, that's that's your team. You got you got a ride or die for them. Um, where where do you see the improvements coming from? Is it is it as simple as the manager, or is there some some hope? That you can rectify it. Um, it's funny though, as much as you say that, like I really don't watch England unless it's like World Cup or Euros. Like so, I mean, literally, I follow right Declan Rice, and that's it. And really, the criticism that he gets when he plays for England is just so ridiculous, and it's so obvious that there's so many of these casual fans that don't really watch football on a regular basis that sit there and will just slate him because it's. He don't play for one of the top four clubs, so that's that's really what I look at. To be honest, um, yeah, I'm only, like I'm always club over country. I'm not really into international football unless it's a tournament. So when it comes to them games, like I really, it's literally the only reason I even look at it is because Declan Rice is playing. So yeah, I'm not. You've not got the biggest England fan <laughs> on this when it comes to West Ham, but obviously I will claim that World Cup all day long. Hey Dan, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. Dan, I don't know how tight you are with Declan Rice, but he needs to relinquish that number seven ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> I've had him He's pissing me off. Why is he even number seven for England? Like, number seven is a winger's number. Like, why is a why is a CDM having a number seven top? It doesn't make sense to me. Wasn't he 16 or 14 before that for England, wasn't he? Didn't he? I swear he had he was... he's, he's had a few games in a number four. He's had a few games yeah. on four. Four, I can, I can handle him at four. It's a Gerard thing, but I can handle a CD and wear a four. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand what, what they're doing <laughs> with the whole numbers thing, but whatever number he plays, like he is he is an important player. So I'm like, look, did you see the interview after the whole after the game with something about Maguire and that? And they asked him about Maguire, and he's his answer is such like a captain's way of dealing with it of okay, so you know this player is like playing pretty terribly right now but you're trying to put some positive energy out there to try and lift them up a little bit like mm. he's he is a leader and he can be a future England captain like I'm sorry but I know I know you've got Harry Kane at the moment but he's he's not he's not he's not captain material for now nah, Kane is Kane is you know is Kane isn't a vocal leader but he is a, he is definitely captain material he leads by example yeah he don't need to be you don't need to be screaming Bangers and mash and, ch- and whatever, <laughs> whatever, like, 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 Declan Rice, what? East End Declan Rice, yeah. To- example <laughs> of not squaring it to, to Sterling, yeah. Is that the example? Wow, people still going about that's that. the striker. That's he, because I can frog it, but should I believe this? Nah, you, you can't say lead by example when he's selfish. You can't be selfish. Harry Kane is one of the least selfish players, he's only selfish when he has the opportunity to win the game. Simple, no, but what, do we do we really want someone who chose Ireland first to be captain? I don't know. Listen, listen. It's 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 what it was. What was there? Like he got talked into it by his agent and that. You know, he's a young player. Now, obviously, England came and and caught him. They said we need this guy in our side. <clears throat> they came and got him. And let's be real, a captain. You want a vocal captain. You want to uh, when when you're, the players aren't there to sit there and go, come on, guys, pick up. Like, let's do it. Like, right, we're losing, but we need to keep going, keep pushing. You need someone who's vocal. Rather, than, what does that mean? Like playing by example. What he just like 
As in, like, train, that, training. That's what it means. He's a bad boy. Yeah, when you... He's the Don Dada. Like, but what, when he's not performing, though, I mean, like, look, I think it was Ohio said, like, he was literally, like, the worst golden boot winner ever, right? And that's in the tournament, right? So if he's not... If he's not at his peak, so it's literally like we're we're rudderless. Is that what you're saying? Like he has to be on it. Can I can I can I just touch back on a point? I, I know mm-hmm. Harry Kane didn't play well at that World Cup, but I kind of resent that whole oh that the worst Golden Boot winner ever because let's not forget he scored seven goals at a World Cup. Yeah, yes, we played cannon fodder, but he won England that game against Tunisia against Colombia. He didn't even score a goal, and he was the for me he was the most influential England player on the pitch. Because his ability to drop deep, to create, that's him. That's just what he is. That's not what a selfish player would do as well. So I just want us to sort of slow down on the Harry Kane. Some of them were penalties, though, as well. Yeah, Some of them were oh, yeah but then yeah, but you, yeah, you got to score him, though. you got to score yeah. him. Though, like, yeah. I'm not saying, I, I agree. He didn't play well, generally, but I don't know about the worst golden boot winner ever when you're when you're scoring seven. He goals. didn't deserve a knighthood. He didn't deserve no knighthood. Let's let's be let's be real. Let's I talk agree. facts. I don't so make that, the decisions. I don't make the rules, G. So. That does bring up an interesting uh, interesting topic. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure if you follow us in the timeline. Um, basically, we ran a poll to have a look at who the most overrated Spurs player was, and we had some shocking answers. I mean, I, I don't even want to say it. Uh, someone said. The man who bears the crown was overrated. We don't play that around here. So <laughs> no, no, no Ledley King slander will ever be tolerated. Um, but that that gives me the sort of ball and gives it in your court. Uh, who would you say is the most overrated West Ham player of all time? Because it sounds like you're trying to allude to West, oh. uh, to Harry Kane being overrated. And yeah, let's see where no, your head is at. No, I, I wouldn't pick him as your most overrated player. Um, I'd pick Deli Ali. I'm not sure um, I understand. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not mm. sure I understand. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> that was timely. The timing, <laughs> The timing of it. That's that's hard, you know. What currently or of all time, all time, all time most overrated player. Maybe oh. do like last ten years to make it like easier, sort to narrow it down. Last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. That's a hard one because who do fans overrate? Because... Pae? Pae, I would not say... This is the <laughs> thing. I would not say Pae because I think nah, he... Nah, nah, as he much as Pae was, was a bad boy. Pae, I would love Trumps, to man. Creswell? I would... Creswell... Creswell... I mean, no, nah, he's... Like, right now, people don't rate him. People don't rate him. It's hard to say really, like, overrated if our player because we've always been... like As, as a fan base, we're really critical. Like... It's only certain players that. Oh no! I know who it is. It's Mark Noble. No, yes, yes. No, 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 no. And I, I don't hate Mark yes. Noble either, but it is. <laughs> I, have to, I know you guys. I used I to, to see so this, many Mark Noble for England shouts on the TL, and I don't even follow really any mm. West Ham fans. That season, I like one. No, he he deserved it that season. That season, that 15, 16 season, he was on some serious form and they had some real just dead players in that England side playing in midfield at the time um, and especially over time like that is the time to put him there like I think he's he's underrated in from from not so much West Ham fans but in a football gen- sense because I'm not saying he's a top baller but he people don't see what he does and what he can bring to the table 
mm-hmm. for Mark Noble. Like he's got some. He's not someone that okay teams are going to be crying for, but he's he's a good player to have in. Obviously, he's getting older now. Like this season, not so much. But if you had him in the past, it's a good player to get in there um, to have. Maybe I mean Scott Parker. Maybe we overrate Scott Parker a bit nah. because he was he was my favorite player at the time. But he's almost got this as much. Obviously, even though he went to you guys, but. He's got this uh, like legendary status at the club, like now. When uh, maybe people we, we sort of look back a little bit more fondly at his time that he did more than even though we went down that season. So maybe we look back a bit too fondly on Parker, but not to say that he wasn't good. But maybe we just put put him in a in a tier above what he actually was. So if I had to pick off the top of my head, um, I would say him. It's hard to say. It's hard to choose your players and say they're overrated. It's, it's hard. True, it true. hurts, man. To be fair, Scott Scott Parker's high up the list in terms of players that I think our fan base overrated. I think we were actually better when we had other guys in the team. I think a lot of people forget that the year before Scott Parker joined, we had Huddleston and Modric in the midfield and we put on some of our best performances. So by the time Scott Parker came in, I felt like we were on a bit of a decline anyway. Like we didn't finish Mm. as high at the table. Um, We weren't as dynamic. And realistically, his game seemed to be quite restricted when, once he got to us. No, For you guys, he seemed to be a bit more involved in goals uh, from top to bottom. He was a bit more box to box, whereas for us, he was literally there to break up play and that was it. But I think I think with that, I think that was by instruction because Scott Parker, I think one thing which a lot of people have never really sort of like rated about him is his ability to sort of like strike a ball, carry a ball and whatnot. Because like Scott Parker at Charlton was an absolute baller. Um Chelsea he didn't really get playing time. And then I, I know I think he obviously went Newcastle and whatnot. But at West Ham that season he had at West Ham, he was amazing. He was actually like he was really, really good. And at Spurs, I don't know about you, but I was happy when we signed him. And I think I think under him, that duo of him and Modric in midfield <laughs> That was that season. We played some of the best football we've ever played under Harry Redknapp. I know, of, of course, we bottled it with a with a finishing third, finishing fourth instead of finishing third. But I think he gave our midfield a lot of balance. And fundamentally, playing the two in midfield, I think his, his profile player combined with the energetic Modric, I, I felt it was it was perfect. But I do think Mark Noble is overrated, though. I think he should have gone to the Euros, but I do think he's overrated by your fan base. Your fan base talk about him like he's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, because and there's so many English with someone like that. Like someone, I know you had Kane came through, but he, he he was an Arsenal fan. Like you don't have someone who was a West that like who Spurs through and through. Like he grew up in East London. He's a Canning Town boy, yeah. Grew up in the academy. He's been at our club for so long. It's like someone who bleeds claret and blue. To have someone, it means it means a lot to have like someone. And, and think about how many managers have picked him. We've had like about seven or eight different managers in Noble's time. They've all picked Mark Noble. So that that's got to say something. What other choice did they have though? Listen, <laughs> think about it. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I hate him. Because he scored his first ever Premier League goal against us. I remember that game as well. You wankers, you lost that game too. So I'm happy you lost yeah. that. He, yeah. thought, he thought he was going to have his special day scoring against us. Well, the joke's on him. Yeah, but that <laughs> that started many good Mark Noble performances against Spurs. That was like the start. So for you guys, like you, this is the thing. You've seen him at his best. So I don't know how you guys can sit here and say about it. So like, from, from, if you're just watching 
West Ham when they play you. Like to you guys, like Noble's a top baller. Like I'm surprised you ain't tried to sign it because he turns up against Spurs. Like really, <laughs> <laughs> really? Where was basically? The shit, Harry Winks, no tech. Like <laughs> Harry Winks. <Brown. laughs> uh, some of the goals he's he's scored. Like I think I'm gonna try and get some clips where you could see some goals. You'd be thinking, geez, like is this messy? Like is this messy scoring up? What? I've been thinking it's Kane. Penalties. <laughs> no, he is, and as well, he is the penalty expert. Really, he's probably the best, or well, one of the I'll best penalty that. takers. He's there, like <laughs> honestly. Bruno Fernandez could learn something from Mark Noble. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> on on the on the topic of overrated players, this had just sprung to mind. So I'm going to go a, a little bit left field. Jack Wilshere getting released from your club. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, uh, like, you had to go, yeah, man, that was... <laughs> it was a weird decision, though, because, like, we've paid him off, and now we're sort of light in midfield. Like, not to say that we were relying on Jack Wilshere, because, again, he ain't been fit, but apparently he's been fit for, like, eight months, and Moyes just hasn't played him, hasn't given him the Good chance. Shit, so. But how old is he? Like, I, I think I read somewhere he's like he's only like twenty eight or something. No, yeah, he's twenty eight. That's 20. mental. That's There's a report saying mental. Arsenal might take him back. No, I don't, crazy. I don't why are you not always? Why are you not always lighting midfield? There's there's so yeah. many certain things in life of West Ham. You're always lighting midfield. Last season it was oh. Mark Noble can't play 38 games. The season before, oh, we need creativity. You're always light in midfield. Mm. Why is that? Why is that? I've, I, I literally, I wish I knew. I wish I knew the answer because literally, like, we now have two great players in that in that holding midfield in Suchek yeah, and Ryan. Yeah. But it's true, it's true. the fear is if they get injured, we are in such, we are banging trouble if they get injured because when one of them don't play like we fall to pieces like they are our engines and now it's literally them two and Mark Noble who Mark Noble just doesn't seem to fit into this side the way they're playing now so it's like we've sold uh, Josh Cullen who looks to be a really young promising academy player for 800 grand and we've let Wilshire go so and we don't seem to bring any cover in is um is that scrub Carlos Sanchez still there <laughs> no, 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 we we let we released him like he was like the first that like, literally since the season ended. Jesus, he was he was, all, he, was a, he was a shocking signing to begin with as well. He was on like eighty grand, crazy, crazy, crazy grand. This is this is this is the sort of signings that we make. It's like when we signed Patrice Evra for like hundred grand, thirty <laughs> six year old Patrice Evra done absolutely <laughs> finito. Dead. And, and, and Moyes decided to bring him in against Liverpool, yeah, against like Mane and Salah, and he just got ripped to pieces. He had Zabaleta, he had like 34 year old Zabaleta on one side and 36 year old Patrice Ever on the other side. I remember and they beat that us, game. Like, they smashed us. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh. That is what that was like. See what this is. These are the things we have to deal with, honestly. <laughs> it's so fun watching West Ham crumble. It's honestly brilliant. It's brilliant to watch. It's like my <laughs> my, my my favorite like Saturday morning cartoon. It's like seeing West Ham yeah, but, like, fall into pieces by the middle of the season. Yeah, but then how how much worse does it make it when we come and turn you guys over? Like how much worse does that make it look for you guys? You know what? Honestly, it's like Harrison, you know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I don't know how many of you guys have like an older brother or whatever, but me, I'm I'm the eldest brother. 
And all, all through growing up, like me and my brother, we would play sports and I never went easy on him. So that one time he scored against me, whether it's in football or basketball, you're just unbearable. But then you, <laughs> you realise, all right, yeah, I'll just let him have one. And then <laughs> back him up. That's how I feel about it. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> just let him have, come on. Like, what? Like, there's <laughs> so many one. times. <laughs> Literally, we, we we pretty much ended your title challenge, like, twice. No, like, you didn't. Stop saying this. I, you guys hate it when I say that, but come on. T- that 16-17 season, the title was done. I'm not going to lie. I was curious after that game, but the title was class. done. The title was done. Come on. Stop. About 15-16. You didn't end up... Actually, you know what? You actually did. Antonio, the 1-0. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was, that was, yeah. You know what? I don't think you ended our title challenge, but that... that it was hurt. the start of the decline. That hurt. That hurt. Yeah, that, that one hurt. Yeah, it was the start <laughs> of the decline, yeah. And then, like, obviously, Antonio, when he, like, danced all over your brand new stadium first team oh, there. That was and nasty. Very that nasty. That celebration. I'll give you that one. We've won more. We've won more matches. I swear we've. I swear we've got a better home record. I can't remember that stat, crazy stat, something like that. We've got a better home record than you have at your ground. Has that changed now? Because I know you got a couple more wins <laughs> last season, but what <laughs> you've got a better? What do you mean a home record? So like, apparently, mean... we had won. I think we had won more games um, at your ground than you had in general. I think it, that, that was oh, a point where that was the, the stadium. Thing. Yeah. Was... It might. I think it's changed. It's obviously changed now because I think you won a couple matches last season towards. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a thing. I remember seeing that around. (laughs) I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna look into that. But to be honest, like, listen, we know the the problem is the stadium. Is the problem is the stadium. Like, we know it's not being like much of a fortress for us because of the the issues that are there and like how you guys have done things is completely different to how we've done things. Obviously you went out and done a purpose built state, had a purpose built stadium, allegedly like petrol bombs and businesses down so you can get that stadium. built. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. There were some fires, um, you know, and we got it. <laughs> it was very sus from leaving. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the oh, timing. Mm. You know what I mean? So that, that's what you guys did. We went through the government, so it's swings and roundabouts. But you got a nice, you got a nice stadium out of it, you know. And we've got an athletic stadium. So speaking, speaking of stadiums, um, the let fans in campaign is a hot topic at the minute. Um, obviously, there's a petition going around, over 130,000 signatures or something like that, um, of people hoping that fans can get back into stadium. I mean, to be perfectly honest, me me on a personal note, before I delegate to you guys, I've been quite happy that there's been no fans, there's less pressure. And obviously, West Ham haven't really noticed anyway because it's quiet as a library in that bit. <laughs> the, the, the cheek, <laughs> the pot calling the kettle black. Wow. <laughs> so how, how do you guys feel about that? Do you feel like fans should be let back in? Or do you think the precautions that are being taken are sensible given the times that we're still in? Like, uh, given some as someone who works in healthcare, I think we should probably just take the precautions. Um, whilst the incidence is like way more increased than it's been uh, in the previous months, I feel like having football at the moment is a luxury in itself, considering like today's information with regards to the increase of the tiered lockdown. But I feel like if we don't lose football, that's kind of a positive. So if it comes at the expense currently of having fans not there, then, you know, I quite quite happily have that. But, you know, ideally in an, you know, in a perfect world, 
we would want us to be there. We want fans to be there. But I also think it would be, it'd be kind of interesting as well because a lot of the players, like have, like we've spoken recently, maybe seem to react or play differently with no fans. So you would think maybe because they're kind of used to it based off the back of end of last season, that they would kind of be happy to continue playing like they're where they are and maybe it would affect their performance positively or negatively if there were to be fans. But again, we can't really say, you know. Um, I think for me personally, it's a tough one because, like you said, you know, I don't, I don't work in healthcare, but you know, I'm studying a healthcare course, and my mum's a GP and stuff, and you want to keep everyone as safe as possible. Um, but then, you know, so I think rugby, I think they've started letting fans in about a very, very social distance level. Like you can see, it's very clear between fans. Um, I think with football, you know, it can be a little bit more tribal. This is so it's a bit different. I think if you were to do that. I think something that would have to be enforced in some way, shape or form. I think the exit is actually more important than actually people being in there. Because if you've got, if you do 50%, 20% capacity, whatever, everyone leaving at the same time completely defies the point. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, again, I'm not the stadium operations manager. I don't know how practical this would be or whatever. People have to get home at certain times and stuff. But to me, you would just have to let certain sections, because, you know, some some people want to leave at like 80 minutes, 85, whatever. It's either a case of, you know, people are allowed to leave at designated times in like certain areas. So there's like less human traffic outside. And obviously you've got like the trains and stuff. Or, you know, it gets to 90 minutes and then it's like, right, now you lot can leave give it 20 minutes now you lot can leave I think it's it's not going to be a perfect perfect scenario either way um but yeah fuck knows to be honest <laughs> did you sign a petition I did not sign the petition no I did not because I I'm I, I don't know where I'm at with it so I don't want to commit to a yes I'm not 100% see I don't know about you guys but we had actually an option when we renewed our season ticket it gave us different options right and we could just we could renew and then when fans are start are started to be allowed back in we can go or like I took option 3 which was you pay a little bit of money and then you don't go back in until capacity is over 70% right because to me personally I I don't want to go if it's just like smatterings of fans here and there because like the atmosphere is going to be dead anyway and and like Ohio was saying as well like the whole it's more so like in the like in the ground like it's cool like it's not a risk you can space people like it's just the getting there the going there and the coming out and I don't know if you guys have been to our ground but it becomes like everything just gets funneled and the even the the transport like London Underground as well I mean even your place like your transport links are like worse and I was like you look at Seven Sisters um, and White Hart Lane Station like it's just imagine that just that much people I don't think you can do the, the travel safely I know you're saying if you hold some back some people and then have stagger people leaving, but it's hard to really stagger people attending unless you like, go, all right, you give an appointment, you got to get here 45 minutes before, you got to get here 30 minutes before. It's just hard to police. So, um, yeah, at the moment, like if you're telling people, oh, you can't stay in pubs at this time, or you can't go around people's houses, or you can't do this, it don't make sense to, to do the uh, football side of things. So they might as well just wait. It's just difficult. I think it will cause them way, it's going to be way more like, more stuff to sort of manage and handle letting certain fans in right rather than just letting no fans in and waiting and trying to get to the bottom of this whole coronavirus situation and then letting fans in at full capacity i'm with you dan as well i, I me personally i'd rather be there when it's sixty thousand strong than be there when it's like like 
eight or ten thousand in the stadium. That's dead. That's dead. Imagine if I'm like the only one within like maybe a couple seats, and I want to chant and no one else is chanting. That's that's dead, man. Like it's just soulless for me. So I think I'd rather have it with proper atmosphere than like a a botched sort of semi atmosphere just for the sake of getting in. It's not that deep. So have you been to a home game, like a round one Carabao Cup game against like Stevenage or something at home? And it's like the, there's hardly anyone there. And the people that are there are like, it's like their first game there because they can't get into league games. No one's singing. You feel like an alien if you do sing. Um, that, correction. When, we don't know how that feels because we're, we're never usually in round one for the Carabao Cup. <laughs> oh, at round one, round two. You know what I mean? You know what I, mean. I, I don't think we are either. <laughs> I don't know if we are actually, but you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, antics man over here. <laughs> listen, listen, you lot pipe in your songs. I remember seeing that video. Did you guys remember seeing that video where they was playing it through the speakers? We were preparing the mandem for the pandemic because that's what they got right now. <laughs> you guys, you guys were the trailblazers on that. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead of the time. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. To be uh, fair, uh, so th this is actually going to be the second time we play you guys under these circumstances. Uh, we played you guys back in June. Um, we won two, so no, no surprises there. Um, so leading into the weekend's game, Spurs West Ham, uh, it's a derby, not a big one, just our little brothers, yeah, Wanderers, all of them, man. Um, how do we how do we see it going? Obviously, we've we've sort of had some good news in in the way of uh, Gareth Bell's slight train. Um, Harry Kane hasn't picked up any interna international duty injuries. Uh, so it's looking like we're going to go into this game uh, fresh and ready. Uh, so, Owen, how do you feel we're going to line up? With the lineup itself, um, I'm not sure whether Bale would start or not. I mean, given how pessimistic I have been about Bale, despite that, I would probably start him anyway. Um, purely because, like, if, if West Ham set up the same way they did against Leicester, I know West Ham ended up winning that with quite a heavy margin. I believe it was 4-0 in the end. I felt like there was um, a fairly high line from West Ham where they ended up not really putting that much pressure on and there was always spaces in those channels. And I feel like if West Ham, again, if they set up the same way like they did against Leicester, I would try and get Kane to just drop in deep in those little pockets and just have Sun and Bale running behind. Uh, it could get sticky if they set up with, um, in a similar way to how they did in June. And Mark, uh, Mikel Antonio is on his game, though, because he could be a problem for our centre-backs. He will be a problem for our centre-backs, not could be. He will be a problem for our centre-backs, 100%. Uh, I don't want to show my hand too much. You know? <laughs> he's looking very dangerous right now, to be honest. And yeah, he's genuinely scaring me. To be fair, West Ham have a couple of players in uh, good form. Jared Bowen has mm -hmm. been uh, slapping in the goals as well. Uh, so, Dan, how, how have you been feeling about your boys? Obviously, you got off to a rocky start, but two, two wins on the bounce, seven goals. 
Yeah, I mean, since we changed to this five at the back system, it's completely just changed the game. Like, because even the Arsenal game, like, we should have won that game. We deserve to win that game. It was very unfortunate not even to get a single point out of it. But that was, like, the turning point. So this, to me, has really changed it. And this thing is, like, a player like Masiwaku, a lot of us have been saying for ages, like, because at left-back, defensively he was a bit of a liability and we're saying he's more of a winger and a, or a left wing back and now he's just shining uh, attacking wise and Creswell's playing as like you know three centre backs um, and the interesting thing is obviously Owen was talking about um, them finding spaces that was more so like later on in the game as fatigue sets in they was finding a bit more space but we kept Vardy quiet for most of that game because Vardy is that player who likes to get in behind and where we have the those players where we had that back five, we was able to to keep him quiet and to cut that out. And, and that transition from attack and defence was quite smooth. So that's why I'm feeling a little bit more confident going against you guys, because I know that you guys do like to do that. And like a team like Wolves, they was playing like, uh, uh, I think it was it Wolves that you guys dominated before? Was it Wolves and they kept playing the high line and you guys, no, what was it Southampton? Southampton. That was Southampton. Yeah. That was it, Southampton. Jeez, yeah, I said on another thing, uh, Spurs thing, Wolves. Um, yeah, Southampton, yeah. And they were just making the same mistake over and over again. Um, whereas us now, I feel like with this back five, we're better suited to deal with that. Obviously, the big problem is is going to be like the link-up play between like Harry Kane and, and, and Son and things like that. And I think that's where you get us. But if you try and just simply try and get in behind... I'm confident that we can we can shut that down and then that be able to counter attack well with these players. Obviously, for now's and on the who's, who's a really hard worker, Bowen, and then obviously getting up to Antonio. I just seen Antonio. He was on that Akim Femwa's podcast and he was saying the big change for him is where Moise said to him, "Wherever you are, make sure you're in line with the ball. If you're in line with the ball, like." you're in a much better place for the, us to for you to receive it. And he said, since then, it's just changed his game. So he's like, he. I think he's the most informed player since the lockdown ended, since we came out of lockdown. So doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'd say that. Most goals, I think most goals scored, top goal scorer, yeah, since the end of the lockdown. So, yeah, I mean, he's like Moyes, you've got to give Moyes some credit. He's done a similar thing with Anatovic and taking these players that are traditionally wingers and making good strikers out of them. So... Yeah, the big thing is it's it's that test of that back five against your guys. I'd be I'd be surprised to see. I think that'd be a big call if he played started Bale after not playing football for so long. That would be a big call for him. I mean, you guys know more than me if he's capable, but it'd be interesting. I could see him twitching maybe to put him in, but it's yeah, it's gonna be a big test for for the for the back five. So we're gonna see what happens. Is Moisey back in the dugout for this one? Yeah, sadly, he's back. Oh, he's yes. <laughs> brilliant for us. Brilliant. Oh, excellent, excellent. When he's not there, you win. So, boy, he's he's <laughs> he's not working from home anymore. Except the Everton game, right? Because the Everton game, his stream cut out or something, so he didn't get to see the rest of the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, that, that was like that was where we didn't make a single sub in the whole ninety minutes, and we found out like he's he didn't see the rest of the full game because usually he'll be on the phone to like Stuart Pierce. So I'm thinking, is he is he watching a dodgy stream or or what? Is he on like one of them dodgy streaming sites watching the game because he don't want to pay the ten pounds of the Carabao website or whatever? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's yeah that is a big frustration with him as well as his game management because if it gets to the point where we need to change it up and say we're trailing 
behind and we need something different he takes way too long to make a change we've got some good players on the bench like Yarmolenko and, and Sebastian Allaire and well, not Anderson anymore. He's on loan. He's gone on loan. But we're gonna we could have Ben Rama on the bench, right? And knowing that you've got that option, but if he's waiting till like the 85th minute, it's pointless. It's not gonna do anything. Whereas, you know, sometimes you need to switch that up earlier, which is the frustration. I was gonna ask as well, Dan, because um, Ben Rama obviously apparently he's undergoing his medical as we speak, or well, he's undergoing his medical. So there there is a high sort of chance that he will be signed and ready in time to be registered for the match. But what I wanted to ask is, do you think David Moyes will be tempted at all to sort of deviate from that system? Because obviously the five at the back has worked for you lot really well. I agree with you. I think against Leicester, you shut them out completely. I think they only came into the game once the game was pretty much put to bed. But do you think he's going to be tempted to change up that system? Because really and truly, you can't be spending 30 million on Ben Rama and for him not to start. But at the same time, with the way Four Nows has started this season, with the way Jared Bowen's playing as well, them two working in tandem with Antonio up top, how's it gonna how's it gonna work? Is he gonna stick with a five? Is he gonna take one of the defenders out and swap for Ben Rama just to play all of the attackers? What do you think he's gonna do? I'd be very shocked if he changed it. Very shocked because obviously he's a manager that don't really like to change things up, which is a lot of things that people sort of get on to him about. So Again, like for now, he was like personally my man of the match in that last game. Like just the work rate, the he's starting to create more, and just that touch and that finish for the goal, like was just unreal. Mm. So, yeah, really, it's been a working combination. The thing with Ben Ben Rama, there's question marks over: is this a Moyes player, or has Sullivan forced it onto him? Because there's reports that he wanted Josh King, and Sullivan wanted Ben Rama. So the problem is like because you look at we, he he wouldn't give Anderson a chance to come back to come back in even when he was performing well in the cup games and things like that and now he's just loaned out Anderson and we've got a similar type of flair player. I don't see how this is the big worry for Ben Rama for me is where does he fit into a Moyes style? If Moyes isn't giving these other players a chance, how is he going to give um, Ben Rama a chance? And he likes he's liking players that have that work rate. So that's what I'd, I, I'd be so surprised and that's why I'm I'm not jumping for joy completely on the Ben Rama signing because there's a lot of worries I have about the signing. So, yeah, I expect the same lineup, really. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, for me, on, on a personal note, like seeing uh, Antonio running at Sanchez does give me a bit, a few heart palpitations, uh, just because whenever Sanchez is put in a situation where he has has someone physical with him, gets sucked into those battles. So he spends more time trying to jostle than he does actually trying to focus on defensive positioning. Um, so it's safe to say Antonio is probably your biggest threat in terms of what we what we would consider. Um, I do think there's a higher chance that Bell Bell plays 70 minutes. Um, Bell's the type of player who can pick the ball up and make something happen. And if you guys are going to opt for a five at the back, there's going to be a lot of space in front of that back line for us to try and make something happen. And 
when when you get those teams trying to frustrate you, the best thing to do is to try slap it top bins. And you guys know oh too well what Bell can do from top bins. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how vividly do you remember that goal? Because I think we can do a play by play. Can we can we do a play by play of the Ravel Morrison goal instead? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was that, oh, I was that yeah. oh, disgrace, disgrace. Dawson. Oh, I remember. <laughs> That season was nasty as hell. We lost, I think we lost 5-0 on aggregate to you that year. We lost 2-0 uh, at Upton Park and then 3-0 at, oh God. Both those, yeah. went to both those games and both those games, horrible, absolutely horrible. Sam, masterclass. <laughs> Sam Aladice, yeah? Corrupt, man. It was, it was Sam Aladice at that game. I tell you what, when he scored that, I still, I, that was honestly one of the best goals I've ever seen. Like, he took the piss, like, <laughs> massively. It was, it was the, beautiful. It was the cherry on the icing. Let's show it. Because mm. he, he, was, he, he, was, he was amazing that game as well. He was really mm. it Because it beggars belief that, like, he's where he's at now. Because I actually thought he could have a future at West Ham after that start to the season he had as well, but he just sort of tailed off. But He's just, his mindset, he was just, he was just a bit crazy because I think that was that season where he was like beating up his girlfriend and all sorts of stuff like that. And That yeah. was, and you know, you know, what's crazy as well. That's that same, at the end of that season, uh, me and my mates, we went to Cancun and he was there, he was in Cancun as well and we kept bumping into him because he was, we were like the only sort of like British black guys there at the time as well. So we knew who he was. So we said hello to him. And ever since we said that, like every single time we went out, he'd be like, yeah, guys, yeah, it's Ravel Morrison. I'm like, yeah, we know who you are, bro. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think, what? I think he's um, following him. That's where the girls were at. <laughs> I think it's because no one else knew who he was out there. So obviously, like to us, like we knew who he was. But no one else knew who he was. But he seemed pretty chill out there. So. Why has he got to keep saying, "Yeah, Ravel Morrison here"? No, no, no. He didn't keep. He didn't keep saying it. But like he kept persisting and sort of like coming up to us and like, "Yo, guys, this, this, that." And I'm like, "Bro, we get it. Like, you don't have, <laughs> you don't have to like spot us every time you see us. So it's, it's calm." You were just still salty about the goal. That's what it was, isn't it? You, <laughs> were, like, you guys are probably thinking, "Do you think we could just like two foot him like right around the dark spot?" <laughs> You know, you know what, back back on the game as well. So Sai, you actually made a really good point there about Gareth Bell starting. And I think I think that's the beauty of having Sun Kane and Gareth Bell as your attack because when all else fails, they can pull the trigger from distance. I think Harry Kane's got like I think in the last like in since his time in the Premier League, he's like top five goals from outside the box in the league or something like that. So he can pull the trigger from distance. Sun they know all too well from that 1-1 draw at Wembley. He can pull the trigger from distance as well. And Gareth Bale, left foot, he can pull the trigger from distance. So if they try that bullshit where they're sitting back and putting five at the back and throwing literally everyone, like a couple banks or four, whatever, whatever you want to call it, if they put all their players behind the ball, we have players that can unlock that defence. That's why, for me, I'm so confident we're going to beat them on Sunday. We've we played up against a deep block this season in Newcastle and we ripped them to shreds. Yeah, you can say they didn't play well, but we ripped them to shreds. I, I really think there's a new sort of aggression with our team now. And with the sprinkle of quality that we've added, yeah, even with Antonio's threat, I think we're going to win on Sunday, 100%. Wait, who are you dropping from the team that beat Man United 6-1 or 6-2 or whatever it was? Lamella probably, bro. Lamella. Lamella and maybe Sissoko. 
maybe uh, not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm starting Lamella. You know, I'm saying put put Bale on ice for a second. I'm starting Lamella. I don't. I'm not a Lamella fan, but I appreciate what man does. Do you know what I mean? You know, if you're trying yeah. to say, oh, like you need to, you need to watch them. You don't even need to watch Lamella too tough. Like he comes on this like this lucha libre thing and he just harasses. He's just a, har- a harasser. He doesn't understand the meaning of consent when you've got the ball. He's just he's just there. Like obviously he probably does with the actual law and that whole time, Eric. But like I just think he's just gonna he will just wear down the West Ham defense so so much and like. I, I'm not not in a disrespectful manner, Dan. I, I I generally don't actually know who plays CB for you guys in your in your free. I presume it's it's a Diop and two others. Uh, Diop had coronavirus. Yeah, Ogbonna, Creswell, and Babwena. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Ogbonna, I'm gonna have to forget he's Nigerian for the weekend. But you know, like I think now nah, I think Lamella can wear them not down. I, I just hate to be a centre back knackered from Lamella being up my arsehole game, and you turn and you, you just see the man. Prepping the man bun and just preparing himself. I, I think he's going to get like minimum half an hour. I think minimum yeah. half an hour, depend, depending on how the game's actually going. If it's if it's looking sticky first half, he'll just come on half time quickly. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely see us mixing it up a little bit. I don't think we'll see the same team from. Uh, Manchester United, I think it's a different, it's a different test. And what we're seeing from Mourinho is on a game-by-game basis, he's addressing the opposition's potency and counterbalancing it with the shit that we're good at. And that, that's 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 what you want from a manager at the end of the day. Um so last last thing on this, uh, what would we say are the predictions? We'll we'll start with you, Dan. Uh, uh do you know what? Mm. So from the team, the West Ham team, obviously, that have scored, you know, what, seven goals in the last two games, conceding zero. Hmm. You've got deadly attack. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is a 3-2 West Ham. I'm going to say 3-2 West Ham. There's, this is going to be a high scoring game. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, like, as well, I don't know how you guys are at defending set pieces, but we have Ogbonna, Suchek, Antonio, all there that can just head that ball in that are going to be dangerous. Also, even set pieces, like I'm telling you, we, we, we'll score some goals in this game. I'm going three, two. I think we'll edge it. I think it might be later on that you guys, when we're a bit more tired, that you guys maybe try and bang some goals in. But I think we can... No, I'm not saying three nil up. I think it will be one of the things I think like we might score, say, a couple like mid-game or whatever. You might get one in, but I think like the comeback will be later on. I, I think that's what I'm gonna. Or, or you catch you catch us out early before we get going. Sometimes it does take us about ten minutes to get going before we get warmed into the game. So you could you could catch us out early. Um, I feel like I'm in dream therapy. He's, he's like recalling a, a, a positive dream that he had like in the morning or whatever on his little cat nap. <laughs> No, 3-2 West Ham. That's that's amazing. I love the positivity. How many think just think how many times have you gone in yeah and gone like yeah, West Ham, this is gonna be easy. We're gonna smash them, and then you've come out like just so depressed. Like I think it's every time we get our hopes up against any team, to be honest. Uh there was this notorious, it's notorious in West Ham, but there's these two brothers, they're Spurs fans, they've got a channel, and they did a vlog when you guys came to yeah, that's it. They did a vlog when they came to our ground um, that season 
and <laughs> they they before the vlog they look at they're like yeah we're gonna smash them like three nil or something and then they see the lineup and they're reading the lineup like oh no ball lanzini like, oh probably about four nil now and then that's when like lanzini scored i think it was <laughs> and they're just like nearly in tears and i was like it's the most beautiful thing you will ever see and then that ben spurs guy he was like lanzini it was just like i'm hoping i want to come and see the podcast. i want to see all of you guys after that <laughs> and uh, like <laughs> Just so you know, I'm unbearable when we win. So, like, <laughs> make sure you keep your end of the bargain. How, how are we feeling, lads? Uh, tops, how, how how do you see this panning out? Yeah, man, I'm I'm positive, man. Like, it was a very very good performance last game. You know, Touchwood injury free. Most of the guys that went international, like Hoiberg, played very well. Um, a lot of the lads that have been left back, you know, Ndombele, Soko. Lucas, you know, they'll be raring to go. Um, so I think it'll be a difficult one. Like, I don't think it'll be easy. I think West Ham know the situation when it comes to playing Spurs. They'll get themselves up for it. And, you know, they will probably sit sit in and allow us to come onto them. Like, you know, as been said, like, Antonio's a PMP merchant, man. That's the ambassador of PMP, man. And I just know he's going to give Sanchez a rough time. And just like I said, it's mad. I can think of many guys that have given Sanchez a rough time. And it's always PMP dons as well, like like Igalo, um, Callum Wilson, Troy Deeney. So it's going to be a big old game for him because Antonio's on a good run. But I think we have enough quality and I think the team is riding a very positive wave of confidence. I mean, considering how well we played against United, international break came and we've still got Bale to come in. I mean... I'm positive, man. Like, for me, I think it has to be a Spurs win. I think there will be goals. I think I think we win we win 3-1. Um, probably a Kane, Kane brace, son as well. And I think I would like to see Bell start, but I think if anything, he'll he'll get definitely like minimum half an hour, maybe towards the second half, just to like, you know, tie him in really. But yeah, I think 3-1, 3-1 Spurs. Owen, how, how are you feeling going into this? I think it would be a high scoring game as well. I think Dan made a good point about them being such a threat on set pieces and obviously as well as a PMP match and Antonio is generally very, very good at finishing. Um, do you know what? In honor of your birthday as well, Tops, I was going to say a win, but I'll say a 3-2 win. <laughs> we'll get the big 3-2 out. <laughs> and hopefully, so yeah, I think it will be, um, I think it'll be a fearful one for us that we might even end up couldn't see the early lead to them, but I think we'll win it late on 3-2. Um, I think it's going to be a tough match for us, but I think we're going to come out on top. I agree with everything everyone said. I agree what Dan said about the hype factor, but I think Dan also needs to remember that we did play West Ham a couple months back and we did cope with Antonio well. We did cope with him well that game. We did cope with the hype factor that game as well because Suchek and Rice both played that match as well and we won that 2-0 and defended to a reasonable standard. So I think even with their form this season, I'm backing us to win 3-1. I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet, but our shooters are going to blast that that makeshift defence with a bloody with a shit left-back playing centre-back out of the water. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Pressure burst pipes. 
Pressure, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, 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 the Mourinho slander is over, then. It's done. Is that it? No, 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 no. It's waiting in the wings, done. Do Wait, it's waiting. It's waiting in the Toby's wings. Toby's been while, praising man. him for the past four weeks or so as well. So it's kind of like that situation where you've got a stepdad coming into your life and you're still like, oh, okay, I still don't know about you. But I'm not going to call you daddy yet. He's bought you, you a PS5 and daddy. you're like warming to <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you know, you know, it's the squad. The squad's getting better, and as I said, if I criticize him when he's doing badly, I have to give him credit when he's doing well. So, I'm still not sold. I still need to see more. Can you maintain this type of mm. this type of approach to matches over the course of the season? Mm. And can you get the best out of our attacking players? Because in the traditionally over the past couple of years, we've not seen that from him. That's why I don't rate him. As a, but with your you're so confident though you must have some faith in him because think about it, you've seen you guys slip up and have some bad bad results like to teams that you think you're gonna beat but yeah. you're so confident but I was this and who's giving you that confident no but do you know it's that like finally you know nobody can tell me that we haven't had all these huge gaps in the team in the squad that needed filling and finally we actually have a squad where there's one competition in the team, two players that are upgrades on the previous players, and three increased amount of quality in the team as well. So there's lots of reasons to give people confidence. Like you have players who weren't playing very well last season, suddenly now, you know, looking like um, new signings. You've got players who we needed to just give a bit of confidence to start playing well. And we've got players. Like Sai has said previously, you know, we have no, we no longer have, you know, pegs in like round holes. We have players who are supposed to be in the positions they're supposed to be in and playing comfortably in those roles. So based on the start we've had, bar the loss against Everton, it's been very confident and people have reason to feel like the confidence is like, and the morale especially is like positive through the team. And obviously 6-1 against against Man United at OT is any reason to believe that this team can go on and, and push on. But I think we just we should take it game by game. And like I said as well previously, it's good that Mourinho seems to be approaching each game based on what the team that we are playing has their strengths and also making sure that we can counteract that team with the you know the right amount of uh or the right tactics or the right style of play or the right type of player. You know, like just like last game, you know I I've always said historically, I hate Sissoko in midfield. I don't think there's a there's a role that he can play in midfield because I just don't think technically he's good enough. But the last game, I mean, he was the perfect foil for that midfield against against Man United. So, you know, times like that, you have to give him, like, you know, props. You have to praise him. But again, like Tobe said, is it's still very early. Like, he's still trying to get his imprint on the team and he's had his signings now. So it's a matter of time before we see whether this is the Mourinho that we know or this is a new Mourinho. Exactly. And I think one point which Sai mentioned as well, in addition to the way in which he's playing players that can sort of counteract the threat that the team has, the most important factor that I'm seeing from this team now, I've seen over the past couple of games, is we are finally imposing our style on teams. Like, we are taking the game to the opposition. We did that against Newcastle, did that against Man United, and we're playing on the front foot. We don't see this type of, this, this type of performance under Jose Mourinho, which is why it's a breath of fresh air. And which is why we want it to continue. Let it continue. Do it over a season. Give me a reason to change my mind because right now my mind is unchanged. 
No, you love him really, man. Get out of here. Nah, Maya, what's your prediction for the game, bro? <laughs> I mean, just, just quickly, um, I think this game is... For me, I know six goals, like you said, um, top six goals at OT, like, it's nuts, but United are shit. And they were down. Call a spade a spade, bro. <laughs> I mean, like, we, we, were, we were good. We, like, I enjoyed watching us thoroughly, but they were gash, okay? So I think, <laughs> personally, I think beating West Ham would be more telling of our progression than slapping up United personally. So beating West Ham, and then if we have a European hangover after Lask, is it, I think? Yeah, it's Lask, yeah, yeah. yeah. But those, those, the games either side of the last game will be more telling for me than United one personally. But you know the vibes, giraffing, 3-1, bail, 93rd minute, because why not? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I see us slapping you 3-0, three, three to be honest. 3-0? Uh, yeah, you're not ready. You're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna score. It's gonna. It's... You're gonna have to eat that, Dan. You're gonna have to eat that, bro. Oh, I'm we'll, we'll we'll read a, a listener question. I don't know if any of you guys want to do the readings. That's usually Ohio's bag. Um, yeah, no, guys. By the way, I have time. If we win, I have time to be coming back to this, clipping things up. <laughs> <laughs> I have time. I just you want might you... do a little live or something. That that that, that could be good. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, let's let's run some listeners still. Um, I'm gonna start on a on a weird one. Like, I I, I don't really understand like this culture sign. I, I might have to skip a word out so I don't offend anyone. But it's this is from at Irons Opinions. He said. Where do my Spurs mates get this upper class mentality from when talking about us? Peter, very bad word for travellers. When Tottenham is just as big of a shithole, which is a lie. Um, does this attitude mirror how they see themselves as a club, thinking they're bigger than they are? I don't really know what this question is about. Can someone can someone fill me in? I genuinely don't have a clue. I think you mean that. Why are Spurs fans so uppity and so quick to look down on West Ham fans when Tottenham, as a location, is a shithole? That's what... Yeah, because you guys have always called us the P word, right? Yeah. Imagining like, okay, so we're some... Scum. You know, yeah, like scum, lower, <laughs> like lower than you, beneath you, and you're like, oh, look, we're, look, we're from Tottenham. You know, look at us. This is high society over here. It's like, we're... Where does that mentality come from? And is that why, does that mentality feed into how you guys see yourself as a club? So you see yourself as, as being high society in life and you see yourself being like high society. In. So they're saying like, really, you think Tottenham's all that, but it's a shithole and you think your club's all that, but you know, that's what he's trying to say. Where does that mindset come from? You seem way too prepared for that question, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did see it earlier, to be fair, and I was like, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I clicked like on that one. I don't, I don't see, see you guys as like lesser on a human level. Uh, as a football club, you lot of shit. In it. so, <laughs> what I'm saying, like, it's not like Spurs. It's not like we think um, yeah. you. You lot are just crap. You're just shit. Like, and the thing is, you 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 you're not only shit, but like the fact that you literally g yourselves up every single time you play. You play us out of your skin means that you respect us. You're like we have to be on our A game when we're playing Spurs. That's it. Yeah, but, yeah, but you guys do that against Arsenal, even though they finished below you you know, for consecutively for the past few years. We understand a derby. We respect a derby. That's what I'm saying. And listen. Oh, yeah? You respect a derby, yeah? 
All them times they're getting splapped up by Chelsea Arsenal. Arsenal are the jammiest club you'll ever see. They're so like how many times have we played them and we should beat them and they do that twice and you lot keep bottling it. You should have beaten them this season and and last season as well. Last season is true, yeah, it's true. That's not even counting the years before that, you know, new uh, boxing day and that when Alex Song's goal was ruled out and ended up going on and winning. Um, yeah, but all I was saying, I just want to respond to, to Toby. Like, you can say, yeah, West Ham are shit and we're this. Again, silverware. Like, you win every season, you will win the same as us. You're going to win the same as us this season, the same as you did last season. Nah, That's we're winning all that matters. Here, watch. You can... All right, bro, let's, let, let's, let's just hold this call in there. We'll wait, yeah, we'll, wait we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. <laughs> That's going in That's going in the bank. That's going in the clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. I got one... <laughs> I got one from um, Dave, who is at Scav three hundred three. He says he's interested on our take on the big picture proposals. Also, do we wake up in the night with visions of Ravel Morrison tearing us a new one? <laughs> Dave, that was good. That was good. That was a good one. Uh, just, just on, on big picture, like I've read bits of it. I know the initial proposal got rejected. What I do like is the potential of, you know, slightly less games, player welfare, etc. Um, the EFL thing, I'm not going to lie, I use that to, to blood my FM youngsters, so I kind of need that still. Um, but yeah, I don't I think I think the essence of it was to sort of like be able to send parachute payments down to all the way down to League Two and ensure that nobody goes out of business from COVID, which if that was meant to be the main thing, fair play. I didn't really like the whole... Uh, what is it? The the nine longest Premier League nine longest yeah. clubs had more of a oh, yeah, more no. of a say in voting than the other clubs. I I personally don't like that. Like I understand it, but I don't like it only because rugby have something similar. I think you know England, Ireland, France, Wales. I think they they all have like three votes, whereas the likes of you know Fiji, Samoa, etc. only have one vote. And I I just I'm just not a fan of that particular bit personally. I know the initial thing got rejected. Um, but yeah, that's that's just my general take. I mean, some parts of it are good, some parts of it are a little bit elitist for me personally. Massively elitist, I think. But I did like a couple of things they had in the proposal. Like, I liked the abolishing of the. In fact, no, I, I disliked that part. I liked the fact that they were going to cut down the the teams from twenty to to eighteen. I think that will make the league a lot more competitive, and that will also increase the the quality standard in our league because there, there there have been times over the years where we've been guilty of having some teams that are just not Premier League sides that are in this league. So I like that part, but I dislike the whole sort of getting rid of the, the League Cup because I feel like the League Cup is a really good opportunity to blood a lot of youngsters as well. I know obviously that's a big club mentality to have, but it, it's just the way it is. Like you've seen even big, small, medium clubs, you've seen some, some younger players playing that competition and go on to be mainstays in the personal team. Dan's laughing, but I mean, Declan Rice made his, Declan Rice made his debut. I think he, was it his debut? I can't remember, but he played against us in the League Cup a couple of years back. They won that game 3-2. I'm laughing went, because that's the trophy that you said you're going to win this season. <laughs> sure he's sticking up for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he went, he went on to be an ever-present for West Ham. So like, I didn't like that. I agree, yeah. I didn't like that fact as well. And I like you said, I think the elitist it's just got elitist vibes all over it. Oh, we're better and bigger than you, so we get to dictate what you do. I don't really like that. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Um, you've kind of answered this one already from our boy Dan at the Lawless. He says, "Has anyone?" Well, actually, no. Sorry, this was originally from Adam Brown, ninety-three. Sorry, and um, reinforced by at the Lawless. Have they grown to like Mourinho? Now it looks like the Spurs squad has adapted to his methods. I'm just going to leave that one to Toby. <laughs> I've answered already. I know you've answered. <laughs> yeah, I've answered already. I see two banners back there. He's got the preamble. <laughs> Get Jose out, and then he's <laughs> Jose's my daddy one as well. <laughs> mm. See <laughs> Owen smiling there, <laughs> the twinkle in his eye. <laughs> as I said, when he gives me a re- when he gives me a reason to change my opinion, I will change my opinion. For now, I'll give him credit where he's doing well and see how it goes. Nice one. And then I got one personally from me. Um, what it was it was years and years and years ago but what was the general feel of the west ham fan base when you signed carlos tevez and javier mascherano because from an outside perspective i was like what the fuck is going on how is this happening and obviously like, it took them a while to get going and then tevez tevez did what tevez does at old trafford i thought that was unbelievable personally like, i just like genuinely i'm genuinely intrigued like what was it like as a fan base when the rumor started then you saw their man at like with the scarfs and that and their bootcut jeans, and then Tevez saved you from relegation. Like, can you just talk me through that period? It, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy because, I mean, like going into it, you know, you obviously hear the rumors, and we've been linked with some like insane, like the amazing elite players that they would just get linked with just because. So you think that's going to be the situation, and then we're going to sign them and then the way we're going to sign them keeps changing and obviously we hear it's this third party thing and I don't think I don't know if that's ever happened before in football or at, at, in the Premier League or at this level so I didn't we, none of us understood what this meant like the whole link with Jorby Chan we just thought he was a broker but we was just like I don't know how it's happened but we have signed like two elite level players so we was buzzing and then it, like you said it took him long to get going and we was just like What's going like we was expecting big things out of the gate. So him and Mascarano were just like they took so long, and we're like, oh my god, trust us to finally we pull this off and they're crap, like typical West Ham. And then they get going and then they're they're just brilliant. And then we're like, we're sitting that feeling like, oh, I don't think we can keep hold of this guy. But not only do we not get hold, keep hold of him, we get sued by Sheffield United. Because what we did was actually against the rules, it was like illegal or something, because you can't. Like, we didn't own these players. Like, this other guy owned the players. Mm. And it was just baffling. And it was just, like, classic West Ham. Like, we can never even just have a good thing and have it good, good, good thing going along. You enjoy it, and then you find out, oh, yeah, it weren't, it weren't real after all. So, buzzing at the time, in the end, it just, everything turned to ash. But at least we would have to say we had Tevez. And, again, he kept us up, even though it did cost us, like, 25 mil. Yeah, it's, it's safe to say that a lot of things with West Ham ends up with your bubble being burst. That joke for the day. Um, <laughs> that about wraps it up. To be fair, unless anyone's got anything to add, I just I just want to take Dan back because obviously, like we appreciate you like putting up behind enemy lines. It's like when it's like when John Cena had that six on one against the Spirit Squad back in the day. Like I respect, <laughs> came out on top. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as, as I have to say, like you know, an op is an op. You know what I'm saying? So I need yeah. you before you go to bed. I need you to just take yourself back to 2006 
FA Cup final. And you know when you saw Gerard slap it half half volley thirty yards. Just remember that before you go to sleep. That's that's all. <laughs> uh, you know what? Wow. Yeah, well, listen, you guys ain't got to go too far back in the past to get your heartbreak, obviously, against Liverpool again. Didn't even turn up at a, at a Champions League <laughs> final. Oh, goodness Didn't sake. even take them all the way. You get that far and just don't even turn up. Oh, that's, that's a sad, sad day, you know. So that's all I'm going to say. And I will, I will leave this on you. Of course, you guys have had more fortunate times than us in recent years. But when you have clown ownership after clown ownership after clown ownership, yeah, and you still are in a situation where you can say, well, we've pretty much won the same as Spurs in recent history. Like we've, we've, we've had our arms tied behind our back and we're still, we still managed to somehow beat you when we need to beat you. And still you haven't won more than us in recent memory. So you guys have had fairly decent ownership, whatever you want to say about Levy, you know, it's, it is what it is. So I'm just saying we, we, we're very, we're handicapped. We're very handicapped with our ownership. And if we can ever get good owners, things might change. I hope it never happens. I hope you're shit for <laughs> 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 but no, uh, In all seriousness, it's been, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Hope, hope you've found us hospitable enough. Um, and we hope to have you back at some point when you lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see now i enjoyed it it was a good laugh good batter and all of that like thanks for having me on guys and just just know if we win a lot of clips are coming out of this show that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will go viral that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> the in-oled display in the cadillac escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display so why do we give it a curve too I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sports Social Podcast Network.